Welcome to the podcast, right at the fork here in 2015. I'm glad to be here, excited about the year, really happy about our 2014, and all of you sharing and doing all the kind things and following us on on Twitter and um, and sharing the podcasts. And if you're here because someone else shared it with you, pay it forward and, uh, and let someone else know about right at the fork. Uh, today, really happy to have... Jose Chesa with us, who is the uh, chef and owner at Atala, along with his wife, uh, Christina, who you'll hear about today. Um, full disclosure, uh, I am put together a trip for Portland Food, uh, Portland Food Adventures International with uh, Jose to Barcelona in September. You can find information on that on portlandfoodadventures.com. We're half sold out. We'll talk about that a little later. But I just wanted to let you know that uh, Jose and I have a nice relationship. With this interview that you'll hear this morning, uh, he talks a lot about his past in Barcelona and where we're going to be going. And uh, Jose, I've seen him in the kitchen. He's got a lot of energy. He's, his mind is going 24 miles an hour, more than 24 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour. And uh, you can kind of feel it in the chair. You're not going to be able to see him. But he's constantly; his arms are constantly going, and and uh, you'll you'll hear in the interview that uh, he's got a lot of thoughts and wants to get them all in. So this might have run a little longer than most podcasts. We really didn't get to talk about Atala as much as I would have liked to. But honestly, go to Atala, experience the energy of Jose and Christina and Emily and all the other good folks at Atala, and um, that's the best way to experience that here. We're going to find out things about Jose and Atala that you didn't know and uh, how it came to be, how he came to the United States and got to Portland. And it's a really cool story and a passionate one. And uh, mark the time that you're listening to this and, uh, and send Jose a little note uh, on Atala's Facebook page or Twitter. Uh, let him know the time that you were listening to it, the exact time and minute and you'll hear why in a moment when you listen to Jose Chase. Can you hear me? Now? Now you hear me? Yeah, so this is All right. So thanks for coming. Oh, you're welcome. My this pleasure. This is going to be this is going to be easier, much easier than that YouTube video that you and I did that I still haven't seen. Well, I haven't I mean, Christine is working on it for sure. She's working uh, on a lot now. Yeah, she's working on it and she she's all over the place, but I mentioned that the other day and she's like, "Yeah, I'm just working this week on it." So we're going to see uh, the light this week. I'm not so. in a rush to see it. <laughs> I love doing it, and I think it'll be great. But And I already did the uh, the disclosure on our trip. Okay. So we're going to talk about that a little later. Okay. Um, but really, I wanted to talk to you about um, about some of the, the reasons that we're taking this trip. Um, and that's to get back, you know, talk about your background and your yeah. childhood and um, your food life. Well, so, so your father, your father owns, owned. Yeah, owns. It still owns. owns. Uh, he doesn't work on it, but he still owns the building. Uh, but yeah, I mean. So he decided the smart thing was to just be the landlord. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's kind of like uh, European thinking. It's like you want to get retired and just uh, sell everything you have and just forget about everything and just relax. But. You know, I gave him the option because the economy is pretty bad in Spain now. So he said, "Okay, let's let's have at least and you know with someone else that has responsible." And yeah, that's what he's doing. 
So when you grew up, when you were a little kid, he was cooking. Absolutely, all the time. And so at what age did you start walking into the kitchen and deciding this is something you really – I mean, every kid – most kids like food. Not every yeah. kid. Because some of them are pretty picky. But were you a food lover right off the bat? Absolutely. And uh, just be- because not only my dad, my grandma had that bakery uh, for years and, and actually was raised with my grandma because my dad was working the whole time. Um, so I, I have no time to spend with him. But the time that I have uh, back in the day and just walking in the restaurant and see my dad cooking, uh, it was just uh, – I could be, it was a blast for me because I see this man cooking by himself and just serving this amount of food for uh, a full restaurant. And that was, you know, they impressed me. And I was pretty little. What was, kind of what kind of uh, dishes made an impression on you? What what sticks in your mind from way back when that you thought this is this is great? I have a few from my childhood. My mom certainly was probably not as good a cook as your father. But everybody has a few of those. Absolutely. Well, one of the dishes I remember, uh, it's it's the rabbit. My my dad used to make a huge casserole of rabbit stew with with an almond sauce and some potatoes and 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 carrots. That smell was um, memorable for me. It's it's been always memorable in my mind. Uh, and that came through my grandma. So he learned that dish from my from my grandma, his mom. So how far back does that go? You're, you're way younger than I am. So what are we talking? Well, we're Your talking, grandma was cooking in the yeah, 40s? Yeah, well, my grandma, uh, let's... 50s? Yeah, there was like 50s. Uh, she was like 28, like, um, I think it was, she was born in the 20s. Okay. So yeah, around 50s, 60s, yeah. And um, because of uh, the Spanish War, uh, back in the Civil War with Franco, my grandma working... Uh, a nice house in Barcelona with, and she was a nanny, so they taught her how to cook deliciousness every day. They taught her? Absolutely. They so taught. they just expected her to, you better get the, you better get on this. Because <laughs> we, we need to eat well. Yeah, absolutely. And and eat well is really important. And, and to have a good base, it's always an advantage for you to, um, you know, to start your career as a cook professional. Yeah, well, I would think so. I think most people probably get into it because they just have a passion for it. So how do you, growing up, I just had the good fortune to go to Barcelona last year, first time I've been there. Um, and it's a really cool city. I kind of viewed it as a <laughs> little you. bit like Portland on steroids, yeah. but not really. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Um, but as far as food goes, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, how do you compare Barcelona to the Barcelona then to Barcelona now? How has it changed um, over the years? Well, when you over were a the kid? years, it changed a lot. I mean, I, when I grew up in Barcelona, there was this town that it's about 12 miles south from Barcelona. So when I lived completely entirely in Barcelona is when I started culinary school. Um, that was in 1997. Uh, so I lived completely three years there, and I experienced fully uh, what, how is how is the life in Barcelona, and from now from then in Barcelona, like had changed a little bit. So gastronomically, has gained a lot. You know, a lot of different restaurants, a lot of um, a lot of good food, and it always will be good food. But it's just the diversity of of ethnics. Barcelona is really cosmopolitan, so it's a city 
of every single uh, citizen from all over the world is there. And uh, so there's a lot of culture mix and well adapted. So I think Barcelona has this um, great way to to teach the tourists and a- anybody goes there and just to, you know, just get everything. You have uh, the mountains not so far. You have the sea right there. You have every single product that you will love to. And you have the greatest and the biggest market in Europe, which is called Bocaria. So you can find any Is that the biggest one in Europe? Actually, it's the biggest one in Europe and the most diversity one. So you can find any single product that you love to see it there. It's just amazing. Yeah, I, that was my base. Yeah. Uh, always when I didn't know where to go, I was go back yeah. to this market. And, and imagine a little bit. when you walked into Bucaria, so you see all these food stands, and at the same time you see these bar stands that the, they cook the products that they sell there. So mm-hmm. it, the freshest fish and shellfish, they cook in there for you. So it's just a, what a better place to eat. And there are quite a few places that do it. I remember falling in love with Bar Central. And, yeah. And um, I thought that place was just amazing. Yeah. My son and I had an incredible meal there. So what do you think What do you think had a more of an impact on Barcelona, the Olympics or like El Bouilly? So just the the chefs coming of age and and it becoming the place where a lot emanated from. Well, let me tell you from from my perspective, it's and I remember on 1999, my first uh, work out of the city was in Rosas, which is El Bulli was found in Rosas. So like a couple miles from there, uh, there was a hotel, four-star hotel. That was my first work there, my first job. Uh, and I remember... How um, old were you? I was 17. Wow. And I remember El Had Bulli, you been to culinary school or was that your culinary school? That was my first uh, work out of the culinary school. Okay. At 17? Uh, at 17. Wow. So the year after was my last year at school. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I worked there and I remember uh, some people, some uh, people saying, well, uh, there was a lot of tourists and some of the tourists were, were Americans. Most tourists were French, English, um, Germans. But I remember some of the Americans saying like, well, Barcelona helped uh, United States a lot from the Olympics. So when the Olympics in 1992, that was a big, a big thing. Uh, to know Barcelona more like um, like a city to go to and like a city to discover. And that helped a lot other countries like United States like to discover uh, more sure, deeply. We need to watch our TV. <laughs> we, need, we need to see it on TV before it's real. Absolutely. Um, and, and by the way, the Olympic site up there is fantastic. It's yeah. above the city. The views are Above the fantastic. city. You have the mountain right there. Uh, and it's just great. It's all... All the shows, um, cooking shows, uh, food shows, all kinds of shows are exposed there. So it's it's the main area to all the fest and all what's going on there, uh, concerts and yeah. So this city really started taking shape, as far as I can tell, and some would probably argue with me, but really started taking shape a little after 2005. Yeah. When did Barcelona start to really blow up and become what it is today. Well, after the 2000, when the era came in 2002, um, I think most cities and, and Barcelona just like, just came up like really, um, most in Europe, you know, Barcelona, Madrid, I mean, there's a lot of good capitals and this is not like what I'm from Barcelona, I love my, my town, but there's a lot of places that I love besides in Spain, great cities. Um, 
for me, Barcelona has has like a full package, uh, like everything you, you know you can find in there. Um, but yeah, there's other great cities in Spain, definitely. Did uh, you travel a lot as a kid, or was that a little later that you started to discover the? Actually, I my first entire travel in in Spain, I had a full trip with my parents, and so my dad took us to to the entire Spain. Actually, uh, that was in 1991, August first, uh, the first week. Uh, it was a sunny day, I remember, and I was sitting in the back seat, and my dad just like. We were driving from Barcelona all down the coast, so we went like uh, different ge- regions like Valencia, uh, Alicante, and then Murcia, and then Andalusia. So all the way south, all the way middle, and all the way north. So we we did completely the entire, but San Sebastian and Galicia. So only two regions we missed, but we did pretty fast. My dad is like me. Let's go. Let's do it. How long did that? How long was that trip? I think it was like four or five days. Oh, four or five days. Yeah, everything. <laughs> well, you got to spend more time doing it than that. You don't get to see it. So that was your first exposure. Anyway, Absolutely. That yeah. There's more outside of this Barcelona uh, was, area. Yeah, when I was ten year old. So, and then culinary school in Barcelona. Would you tell us a little bit about that? What that was like? And well, when- culinary school in Barcelona. It's uh, that was great. That was I was a uh, fifteen year old, um, and I finished high school. You finish? Does that? That's not normal. Well, that's not normal, but because my birthday, it's on August twenty fifth. Uh, I finish just right on my fifteens. Uh, so you normally finish when you're sixteen. There. How's that? It's eighteen yeah, here. No, but so high works there. It's you finish high school in sixteen year old, and then you have two years off of like pre college, what it's called. So you have two two years and then when you turn eighteen and then you go to college. So what 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 do most people do in the, that two year period? So two year period, uh, most people like sit down and think about okay, what I'm gonna do, what kind of career I'm able to. So what I'm skillful at. So some people go for <laughs> engineering, scientist, language, uh so different different uh branches. So and I decided. So I remember sitting. So down. let me guess. You were you were going to be a model? <laughs> no, no, actually, no, no, no. I remember sitting down and with this uh, uh, teach psychologist, and he was saying, "So what do you want to do? I mean, if you look at your file, uh, there you're you're really you're two things that you're good at. I mean, one is languages. So I was going to do like languages, some kind of like philology on on some language." Or, and I mentioned about cooking, and I mentioned about what my dad, you know, he has a restaurant, he cooks a lot, and I'm really passionate of it, and just, uh, how about I, I go to culinary school, how that would work? And yeah, and he said, well, if you want to go that way, I think it's it's the best time for you to start. You're 15, you're really young. And yeah, that was really young for me. I That's really young. I had no idea you, that you were in culinary school at 15. Yeah, 15. No one else, I bet you no one else in this town can say that they were in culinary school. Maybe the school hard knocks, but not real culinary school at 15. Well, um, yeah, when I remember uh, going there, I was the youngest in school. I had this five-hour test of like basic knowledge and all that. And two days later, I had this... Uh, approval and I passed the test and I started on September um, 16, uh, 1997 and I turned 16 then and yeah I had three years there 
And then I was great. How intense was that? How many hours a day? Well, that was pretty intense. I mean, that was pretty intense. What we used to do is like one week there was uh, a, a theoric, uh, like different assignments. And then the other week there was completely practice. So we would go in the kitchen and spend the whole week in the kitchen. So one week, so every other week I was spending in the kitchen, every other week I was spending in the class. So it was really well balanced, a lot of knowledge, a lot of Spanish cooking, base. Uh, and yeah, I was really good at it. When I finished the third year, I said to the director, uh, well, I wanna, I think I wanna go to best places. I wanna start like my, my craft, look really, really professional. And I got the chance to, uh, from then, contact friends, and they contact me this hotel um, that it's called Hotel de Crayon, that it started there after in 2000. So I have the, my first uh, professional culinary experience in France. Well, spell that for us, because we'd like. Yeah, Crayon. It's uh, C R I L L O N. Okay, thanks. Um, I never would have gotten that from without this. And uh, yeah, I mean, my first kitchen with 42 cooks. Goodness, that was <laughs> there was a lot of people there, but there was a good. And you're a Type A personality, right? Because you're sitting there, you're not really relaxed. Yeah, right I'm now. not. I'm not relaxed. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like moving around. Okay, what's next? What's you next? are right now. You're yeah. waiting to see what you're gonna cook. I can yeah. see. I want to just go. Hey, yeah. chill out a little bit. But that's not you. So. Yeah. So. Um, but so in the in with that many cooks, what was it, right off the bat? What was that like for you? Well, the that many cooks, I I. I see the first time for me like wow this is a, this is what it's at this is what if you if I want to be there I need to start really hard because these guys are really able to do a lot of things that wow we haven't done that school yet and I know that school gives you the basis and I know they, they teach you a lot but uh, going kitchens like this what gives you the experience that you will have someday and that was all and I I, I saw a lot of yelling. I saw a lot of quietness that a lot of people would quite, you know, really focus on it. But when you screwed something up, that guy would come at you and say, it was yell. It was a lot of screaming and yelling right there. So how, so if that occurred, yeah. were the other guys in the kitchen kind of like, hey man, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Or did they kind of stay away from you because they just wanted well, to have your moment? <laughs> how did that go? Well, that, that go in. And I'm hoping it didn't happen to you much. Well, it happened uh, that I remember twice to me. So the first time, and I was 18-year-old. I mean, what can I expect, you know, 18-year-old going to a professional? And there was a two Michelin star restaurant already. Right. Uh, so, and I remember I was making a, a potato puree, uh, like Robuchon. Robuchon, like, adds a lot of butter. And uh, so we were cooking this uh, wrap potato, which is a tiny potato, uh, really stopped really a uh, butter potato and a pot with salt and they said okay the chef said okay Jose you're gonna put like six gloves in one hand what are you righty or left hand I'm righty okay so get six gloves on your right hand so when the potatoes are cooked you're gonna put your hand inside the potato water <laughs> and just grab the potato one by one Faster. and just start peeling it and I have my strainer tie me next to me and I have to like scrape those potatoes to be completely smooth one by one so when I had them all in this big bowl I have butter I have salt and I add some pepper wow when I add some pepper there comes the yelling there comes that guy what the hell are you <laughs> I don't putting think it was on hell no black pepper you're breaking the color you can't use pepper on that well and I will ever, ever use pepper again. 
Well, in the right, you, not that you don't use pepper at all, but that well, stuck with you. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, so, that stuck So with let's me. just say that every time you pick up a pepper mill or pick up pepper, yeah, I you're really story. thinking yeah. about it twice. Do yeah. I really need to yeah. do this? Wow. So but that was the best potato puree I ever, ever tried in my life. With the pepper? Not without, no, without the, pepper the pepper because okay. I had it to make it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it reminds me of uh, Euro Dreams of Sushi when he, you know, two years making yeah. the eggs. And still went out there on the line, and not, you're not good enough. Go back to the. So at least there was just one experience with the potato puree. Yeah. Is the Itala kitchen at all like that? What's the Itala kitchen well, like in comparison to that? To jump forward a little bit, we'll go back. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Itala kitchen, it's a, it's a kitchen that it's, um, that it's for me, it's a remix of all this experience throughout my life, and focusing in something that's small. Uh, that we get some flavor on the dish, and that's simple but modern at the same time. So the, no pepper. Well, there's some pepper here. <laughs> <laughs> there's some pepper involved, uh, but there's there's um, all these th- things and knowledge that I acquire uh, that on on the plate all the time. I really focus on certain things like presentation, like taste and flavor, and and yeah, and it's it's been great so far. So, and you you focus on more than all of that. What you focus on is the customer experience, which, you know, Emily in the front of the house, Christina has a lot to do with that. But you yourself walk out from behind, the, you know, from the kitchen, and you're in that dining room a lot, which is one of the things that impressed me, which is why one of the reasons we talked about doing, doing these trips. Absolutely. Uh, for me, uh, one of the things that I'm inspiring it with it's it's my dad. My dad is the one that I, when I was little, I was looking at my dad cooking so hard in the kitchen, and then whenever he has time, step out of the kitchen and talk to the people every single time. So I got that from my dad actually, especially, and so that gives you the sense of of approachness to the customers and feel like you're at home. You're having experience. You're sitting down. You're having a good time. You're not coming at the restaurant to be feel a rush. You're coming to have a good experience. When I come out of the kitchen and talk to him, if I feel great, I feel like I have communication with the customer. I have communication with the people that are eating my food. So for me, it's extremely important. Every single time that I have time, that I have no tickets, step out and I talk to him. And that's not something you would do if you didn't want to. Right, you couldn't do it. You, there are a lot of chefs that don't do that. Yeah, they abso- wouldn't want to do that. Absolutely, there's a lot of chefs that don't do that. But I think for me, it's important. And my the way my personality is, is I need to talk to him because I need to know. You gotta get uh, the feedback. You always yeah, want to know what. It's, to, how yeah, is it? And what, you really mean it too. You're not. It's just not just. Absolutely, and I and I and I ask, how is everything? How's how's your night going? And and I get like um, a huge. Uh, success on the feedback most of the times and 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 I feel great so so some things that that you can change are your menu sometimes it's like okay so you maybe you thought this uh, ingredient w- would go or this day would go so they're not really liking one thing so and then you and learn from it people are honest with you then they're not just then, nodding yeah. their head and saying it's great they'll tell you I get absolutely and you learn over the years and uh, it's been 10 years that I left in states now and for me, it's been a learning experience all the time. So if I want to apply 100% Spanish cooking, like now day in Barcelona and around Spain into here, there would be a lot of things 
they wouldn't go wrong at the restaurant. Like a lot of flavors, like uh, sometimes we're more plain on flavors. Sometimes we focus only on on the quality of the product. And that's, we keep that flavor. We don't add any kind of like condiment, like acid or anything. So we just keep it like that. If we need, if we grab like uh, like a langoustine, like a Spanish guy langoustine or, or a different kind of thing, you put it on the pan or the plancha, salt and pepper, extra virgin olive oil, and that goes out to the customer. But some of the things I've learned throughout the years that, that they taught me a different taste to a product. And that's what I like so much. I like it so much because I learned so many uh, different ways to approach an ingredient. And you're still learning. You got a lot of, you're a young guy, you got a lot of learning to go. So, what got you from Spain to your, you first landed in New York, correct? Yes, I first landed in New York on May 7th, uh, 2005. You're a guy with 10, dates, man. 1045. 10.45. 10.45. 10.45 in the morning. What was the weather like? That was, uh, was cloudy, by okay. the way. Yeah. Very good. You're like my son. My son can do that. Really? He'll come up to me and say, hey, last year, do you remember tonight we went to Atala or wherever it wow. might be? And it's like, I have no idea. But I'm, even my but I'm really bad on names, so I can't. I forget names. Well, then just assign dates to everybody. <laughs> you're, you're, you're May 7th. Well, I like that. So, yeah, um, so yeah, I landed there on 7th, 2005. So the reason was um, was Christina, was my wife, you know. I was working in the restaurant in Camfabas. It was a, um, 2004. There was a so rest- you, met the, you met Christina there? I met Christina two days before she started working at the restaurant. There was a club in this small town. One hour north from Barcelona, and yeah, I met her um, in the club, um, eleven twenty, something like that, and yeah, and I. Uh, <laughs> oh man, and, you and, just scored a couple of points. Although she she knows you know the dates, so yeah, absolutely, and <laughs> and yeah, you know, I met her. Uh, you know, we felt this like love the first sight. What was love at first sight? Absolutely. What got her to Barcelona? She's from Puerto Rico, correct? She's from Puerto Rico, and she started going to. Um, uh, CIA, Colonial Institute of America in upstate right. New York. And I think the second year, uh, you know, they decided to chose an externship. So she chose to go to Barcelona, this restaurant, because he, she had a contact in Puerto Rico. So, yeah, she decided to go there and she landed with uh, her dad. And, um, and yeah, I met her. Uh, the next day, she started working. From that day on, and you knew you were in love with that. Absolutely, moment? and I and I knew exactly from that Man, point that I was going to marry her. Then I was, you know, I would end my life with her. What's and What's the wedding date? Just because we have to do that. What wedding date? It's eight nine eight. Eight nine eight. Yes, that's very good. So yes. I, if you missed that, I would have been one, surprised. One fifteen p.m. One fi- well, that's when the the ring went on the finger <laughs> at one fifteen. No, no. I think I know that. I, I don't know that like exactly <laughs> that ring, but I know we started at one fifteen. It was cloudy, by the way. It was it about was to cloudy. rain. Yes. And where was it? There was an, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Oh, actually. in Puerto Rico. There was on a on a private beach in in the Hilton, in the Hilton and Hotel. And how big a wedding did you have? Well, we have you know we were like a hundred, a hundred thirty, a hundred forty people, something like that. Okay. And yeah, there was. But you didn't you know. have a lot of your friends because they weren't going to go to Puerto Rico, right? Well, it was mostly it was I, mostly Christina's. Not at all. Uh, okay. We had uh, my parents, my grandparents, my you know my best friend, uh, a bunch of people from Spain, and a bunch of people from New York City. Like um, my uh, my son's got got parents, uh, Christina's aunts, and yeah, we had some people from New York, Spain, friends, 
and yeah, and uh, in Puerto Rico, there was a majority. So tell me what the what the decision point was that had you leave your homeland and come to the United States with Christina. So you, were you married at that point? No, not at all. Okay, um, no, you came to the United States. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got you. Um, yeah, that was you know that was a tough decision for me, especially you know just leaving my my house, my parents, and my grandparents. That was a that was a tough one, but. You know, it comes to it comes the the times that you take the decision and and you need to you know lead the path that is gonna um, be good for you. So I think that when I was working at the restaurant with Christina, we decided like if you fall in love with somebody uh, and and you know that's the person that is gonna be around you the whole time, I think you need to find the balance. So where we need to find a place to be um, well each other, find a place that, I mean, you can have everything. You cannot have both families on the same place, your job in the same place. So we tried it, like, first of all, because she was starting it in CIA, and she had, like, two more years going, and so I decided to find a place in New York City because I spoke no English at all, no word at all 10 years ago. I said, how about every service that we finish uh, we go to a phone poll and you dial restaurants in New York City and just and you ask for somebody that speaks Catalan English what well, well Catalan is going to be just a minority but so no contacts no this con- is cold no, no, calling no contacts cold calling no, no contacts I just grabbed I just grabbed my <laughs> I have a, a several books of Rélé uh, Chateau mm-hmm. and some of the books is like by regions and by countries so I looked at United States I looked at New York and I picked out like 10 uh, restaurants and so basically ten French restaurants. I remember was John George, Daniel, Boulou, um, and one of those was Florida Cell. So when Christina was asking, is anybody speaks Spanish or French? So Florida Cell, all the southern, Christina said, well, there's somebody from Barcelona here, and she's the general manager. Wow, that opened my life. Right, and so, of course she's going to warm up to you immediately. Yeah, and uh, she handed the phone to me, and I started talking to her. Well, Al, she uh, gave me this great information to me, like, how about you come down to New York City and just we meet each other, we sit down and we talk about this. And uh, and that was great. So from that point on, I was like, okay, um, Christina finished her stash at the restaurant uh, in April. She went down to Puerto Rico and I flew to Puerto Rico by surprise. I wanted to surprise Christina for... Uh, her birthday actually it was he, her 20th birthday. So I landed in Puerto Rico and my mother-in-law took me to this small apartment that they had there. And then she was sitting in the bar on a small square. I, you know, walked into this bar and I, and I tapped her shoulder and she was like, I blindfolded her. And when she turned around, oh, what are you doing here? Yeah, I'm surprising you. you know, happy birthday. And that's how it all go. So I stayed there until May 7th, mm-hmm. and then on May 7th, we landed in New York City. Christina's grandma had a bakery. I had a bakery, I'm sorry. Had a restaurant for many, many years. Uh, so we, we had to spend in New York four nights there. So the first night, we went to uh, Tribeca Grill, because Tribeca Grill was a restaurant on Soho by uh, Robert De Niro uh, chain. Mm-hmm. So we had dinner there, and I sat down with Christina, Chef came over, explained everything. I had no clue what they were talking about. No clue at all. It was like somebody's talking Chinese to me. No clue at all. So 
Well, after the an hour and a half, two hours dinner, we got home and said, okay, Christina, speed everything up. I have no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> Do we have What he was talking about. So, and she was telling, well, these are conditions. This is what you're going to do there. This is what they want you to do. Uh, and this is your salary. This is so this is the place that this, he suggests to you to leave. And So you can't negotiate as you're going because you don't know what's no, going on. No, you have no, to just take, no. take what was put on the table. I, yeah, I depend on Christina's. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, so we got back home. I got all the information and so I, I think it's not going to work. So my last chance is Florida Cell. So the next day, Christina, Christina's grandma had a lot of work at the restaurant. So she went to the restaurant to help her out. I grab a cab and I, Christina, can you run me like how to get there? And I hand it to the capsi, to the taxi driver. So I hand it to the taxi driver. I, I got off on Fifth Avenue and yeah, they opened the door for me. There was a French guy coming. He started talking English to me. What are you, what are you, what are you doing talking in English to me? So a couple of minutes after, he started talking French. So it's like, okay, let me just prove if you talk any English. So, yeah, he uh, got me in the office, sitting down for two hours, and they fell in love with me. They said, okay, go back to Spain. We're, we're going to work on, on the visa for you. That's how it all go. They worked on the visa. They took like three months. And yeah, I went back to New York, and from uh, October 14th, 2005, at 6.30 in the evening, I'm in this land right now. Wow, so you're going to, to this year? This year. October 14th. 14th I got to mark that on my calendar. October man. 15th. Six, I started working. What time, 6.35? 6.30 in the evening. I started working. And that's a, so. Um, at this place. And you haven't stopped. I haven't stopped. Since then. So how'd you get to Portland from there? You can talk a little bit about yeah, New York, too. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. New York was uh, one of my greatest experiences in my life, actually. Uh, uh, he gave me this huge opportunity. He's opened doors for me that I've seen things that, I, that I've never seen in Europe, uh, actually, in Spain and France. And who was your mentor there? My mentor was an, uh, Cyril Bruno, who was a, one of the best chefs for me. That he's taught me a lot of things, and... and Professionally and personally, and he's still now. He's he's my son's uh, godfather, and we have a lot of relations with each other. Um, yeah, he was a great chef. He was back in 1990. He was a head chef in Windows in the World in the World Trade Center. Ah, and yeah, okay. and then he was the chef de cuisine of La Carabelle in New York City. I was, just, I was trying to do a timeline match up with me. I, the last time I was there. It was I think ninety seven or ninety eight. So. You went up to you went oh, up to I, I was yeah. a couple of times ate at Windows in the World. Wow. I, have a, I have a fantastic picture from Windows of the World with my kids and me really? when I had full head of hair and the whole thing wow. uh, looking down on the Statue of Liberty. Wow. And, uh, and all this big guys shaking, yeah? No. Well, I don't no? remember it shaking, but we did for uh my son's I think it might have been the fifth or sixth birthday, we did the Statue of Liberty and Windows yeah. in the World in the same day. Yeah. So, uh, not the Statue of Liberty, I'm sorry, the Empire State Building yeah. and Windows in the World in the same so, day. So, uh, so yeah, um, uh, the New York experience for me was, I saw the restaurant and there was a, coming straight from France uh, and Barcelona, actually. Recently it was Barcelona, but before that was France in, in, a, in, a, in a Paris restaurant. Uh, so that gave me the opportunity to watch going on in this country.
country, how people eat at the restaurants, how we cook at the restaurants. And, and how is it different than there was, a meat, just in general terms? What what would you say Well, the, the three or four noticeable things that are very different? Well, the first noticeable thing for me was like there's a lot of different cultures involved, and especially in New York, that was like was a lot of ways to, to do different things. There's a lot of ways to cook. There's a lot of, um, you know, chances to see and taste any kind of food, any ethnic uh, of anything in New York City that you can that you want to try. And for me, like to walk in the kitchen, there was a French, really French-based kitchen, um, like classic but well-educated. And uh, we got like a couple months after we got a Michelin star at the restaurant. Uh, that was great. There was a, a, a huge pressure, especially for me, because the third month I I took the chef the cuisine position, and so there was a lot of pressure for me. And I was 23 year old. Goodness, for me was was, but you know, and I what was the date on that? Well, that was December, and I and I don't know exactly this Ooh. date, but but yeah, <laughs> well, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was three months after, and uh, and yeah, there was a a, a huge pressure for me uh, with a with a pleasure at the same time and I remember Cyril Renault the chef coming over and just talking to you just just giving some directions so one of the things they noticed is like the way the way we are in the kitchens in Europe like in Spain France it's um it's you know the way you like approach the cook sometimes is like sometimes it's tough and you need to like keep working and keep focus uh you need to like um uh, lower a little bit when you come here. Otherwise, you know, like people sometimes understand it. Like They're a little more sensitive here. Yeah, we you know we we've had a lot of yelling, a lot of like, but this is not the way it is. And I and I know that now it's way better. I know that we're doing way better things here in this aspect. So sometimes you need to be, um, like, you know, just relax and just sit down and talk about. You don't have to yell and and just scream like really loud and really like disrespecting sometimes. So that was one of the things. Is like I remember Cyril was telling me, "This is not Europe, okay? So you need to like be completely focused and and communication is really important. So let's keep going." And yeah, a and little the, less, pe- little less uh, emotion. Yeah, yeah. So um, I always been energetic and just focusing and just like just. Trying to do new dishes and and every time I had new dishes, like come down to the office and show it to him and just give him a taste, and yeah, that's what gave me a lot of um, opportunities to like be on different events in in New York. Uh, I remember like I was in Macy's doing like um, there was for the Gusta was it's basically uh, a class that you do with like eighty five about eighty eighty five housewives and you like you do like a couple dishes for them that was really great i took like harlem kids uh to the organic market in new york city that was great so there's a, a lot of different things that have never been exposed and that i fell in love with and i mean i cannot be more in love with it so what caused you to leave new york and come out here so if you loved it you know you obviously loved I, it I, a lot. I loved it so much and but we knew that at some at some point uh, christina will finish this call so either uh, we'll find a job in New York or uh, just you know move to a different state. But I remember 
ending 2007, the economy is really, you know, this crash was really bad, especially in New York City. And the big city was like even worse. So the restaurant like was really hard because we have a big overhead. Um, if you're 20th and be fifth time and you have, you pay a huge rent. So that made us took a decision. And for me it was, well, uh, so thinking on the future, I talked to Christina back and forth. So what we should do, we should go to Puerto Rico, um, we should stay here. So all of a sudden, uh, Christina's mentor, which is a Spanish guy in Puerto Rico, who had a restaurant for over 30 years, was this most, the most established restaurant, Spanish restaurant in Puerto Rico, came up to New York and he met her, you know, and just have a cup of coffee because his son was studying on uh, Juilliard and all that. So, and all of a sudden I was in Union Square, 14th Street, grabbing a couple of groceries for the restaurant because I base the restaurant menu lunch for, mm-hmm. from the market every day. Uh, and I met him and said, like, so, okay, what are you doing? I'm like, pleased to meet you. So, while well, I live in Puerto Rico, I have a restaurant. And I'm thinking to do something new. I'm thinking to uh, just to convert the restaurant. Now it's classic. I want to convert, you know, into a, a Spanish mother tapas place. And that was the life for me. And he offered me this place to take over, to be a chef de cuisine. So a couple of weeks after, I landed in Puerto Rico on October the 27th at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. from New York City. That was when I landed in Puerto Rico, San Juan. Uh, 2007. 2007th, yeah. Just to, I just want to make sure we don't want to be incorrect here Absol- right at the fourth. Absolutely. It's, we have to <laughs> fact check. Absolutely. So three weeks after, <laughs> three and a half weeks after, we opened the restaurant. We started in New Year's Eve. We opened the restaurant. Um, there was a blast. We changed. I changed the, the whole menu. So I made like, I kept the classics because there were 20-year customers they always wanted the classics. So I kept the classics uh, dishes and I adapt uh, like 20 new items. And we were really good accepted. There was a restaurant that was like half wine boutique. They have a huge selection of wine. We're talking, you know, uh, they had like a half a million bottles of stock in the huge garage next door to the restaurant. Always... And yeah, you know, there was a, a good what was, time. What was the combination to the lock on that? Uh, on well, that the combination, the first thing that I noticed <laughs> is that's why I like so much being here is because you learn new things every time. So when I landed to, New, uh, to uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, one of the things was, wow, people like more sweet than savory here. So every time I do a dessert, I need to increase the amount of sugar. Um and that was it. And I was remember doing a creme brulee. And a creme brulee, it's uh, uh, for a little of milk, you have uh, 250 grams of sugar. So in Puerto Rico, it was 350 grams of sugar for a liter of milk. Mm. So, yeah, and that tastes sweet as hell for me. Mm-hmm. But then that's the way they like it. So, so yeah, just like uh, seasoning was a little less. Uh, like I noticed, that's one of the things that I noticed, actually, that I missed that. It's... Uh, in Spain, actually, we season a little more than here. It's like a little less seasoning. So yeah, uh, in Puerto Rico, yeah, just lowering the the salt up with the sugar. Up with the sugar. So okay, we're in Puerto Rico. Yeah. we're not yet in Portland. Get us we're, to Portland. We're not yet in Portland. So I spent three years completely in in Portland. I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm sorry. Uh, so there were really 
good years in in Puerto Rico, and I it was my first time for me that I that I had this um, opportunity to be close to Christina's family, uh, which I love so much. And and ending those years, that was tough for us because Christina's dad had a cancer, mm. and that was really tough. So really tough experience for Christina um, and for me at the same time. So at some point we we decided to 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 you know to talk about what's going to be next uh, what's the, the 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 space that we're going to live on for real on like for the long term and we were talking back and forth that took us a, a lot of time but there was one of the times that Christina um wanted to do something besides cooking was like food stylings he she wanted to focus on food styling um so she contacted CIA and CIA you know obviously they have a lot of context and then so like what's a good food stylist in this country and they say well one of the best food stylists in this country it's located in Portland and her name is Dolores Custer so Dolores Custer is from Portland and and she's like 60 something like that and she is one of the best food stylists so Christina wrote an email to her and she never got an answer for about two months. And I and she said, well, I think she's not interested in me. Slow internet in Portland. And then and then she decided to call Christina. When she called Christina, she said, wow. And she was so happy. Are you Dolores? Yes, so I'm sorry I haven't replied your emails, but you know, I would love to give her a shot. Come to Portland and I will give you really a two weeks spent with me and just wow. give you a little round. And that's turn. a very Portland thing, by the way. That's not surprising. That's very... Yeah. And uh, from that point on, Christina booked the flight, and she came here. She spent a couple of weeks here. She fell in love with it. She fell in love with Dolores, the food styling, the city, the city. The everything, the people. So, so this is now what? What year? 2000? No, this is... Uh, okay, let's go back. This is 2011. It's that's, around okay. April. Uh, so yeah, and so the second week of Christina being here, Emily was living in in Chicago. She was right. she was and sport- she went to CIA with she Emily. That's CIA. where they met. Yeah, and that's what I met Emily too. I right. met her at CIA. Uh, so yeah, Emily. The second week Christina was here, Emily decided to come here just to meet Christina, and she spent a week with her. They both fell in love. So that made. Do you know what restaurants they visited that might have caused them to? Uh... Well, uh, well, the first experience that Christina had because she stayed at, at a hotel that was uh, Clyde Commons. Okay. Um, and Christina, you know, Christina Love. I mean, she always talk about this uh, trout dish that uh, she had. That she's not she's not into trouts, but she had one of the best. Well, that's the, that's the best thing about food is when you. Lo- when you enjoy something yeah. so much that you normally wouldn't yeah. have, absolutely. Um, so that's very cool. The Clyde Common was the, the restaurant because the... that's that's a consummate Portland restaurant. Yeah, Just absolutely. The whole vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 that was great. So um, so when Christina came back to Puerto Rico, I was uh, in her parents' house, and said, so, "Wow, Jose, I I'm so in love with the city. I am. I think this is." This is the place that we, we, we want to go. So how about uh, you fly there for a week and and just take a look? That's what I did. I had my flight booked. I came here. I rent a car. The first place that I stopped with my car was a Taula space. They used to be Pata Negra. Pata Negra. 
There was the first. Is place. that why? Because it was Spanish, or did you just there was add, a well, there was Spanish because you just got off the four hundred five, and there it was. No. <laughs> no, there was a there was a first place, and actually, uh, Ricardo was the owner. Uh, there was the owner. Very and, nice guy. Yeah. By the way, we don't have much longer. Okay. So. Um, yeah. I. It's obvious we have to have you back to do the Portland and the well, Tala story, but. But uh, okay, so you talked to Ricardo. Yeah, I talked to Ricardo, and uh, and yeah, because I um, I met him previously uh, through this contact. There was the sommelier at this party that I met in in Pensacola, Florida, and that's how I know him. And yeah, I talked to him, and he said, "Well, well this is you know." He drive me around, so oh, no, this is this this town. This is all the food places, and this is how we live here. And I fell in love with it. So, did he take you to Park Kitchen? Because he was instrumental. No, uh, Scott no. Dolich was. Yeah, you know, he Scott says nothing but great things about Ricardo. Uh, in, he mentioned about yeah, he uh he mentioned great things about, but no, he never took me there. Uh, the place that he took me, the the place that he took me, that was so, um, it was so good, and and you know, I felt so comfortable. It was a Paley's place. Paley's that was the first person that I met. Uh, you know, that was my a first good trip. start. Yeah, there was yeah, it was him and, and I had a, a great meal and uh uh great experience. So that was my last day after um living. When I left I told Christina, Okay, let's let's pack everything and let's move to Portland. I'd love to hear more about Atal. I love that story and I think we need to have you back to Absolutely. talk a little bit about it. My pleasure. What's I just wanna mention uh Christina's starting some pop ups. Yeah. Called Patria. Patria, yeah. correct. And so that goes back to what you were talking about in Puerto Rico. I wanted to kind of bring that f- full uh, absolutely. circle. Absolutely, and it, it's one of the things that that I that I think she deserves to do because she's so in love with cooking. She's love with, so in love with all the the things that she does at the restaurant. But uh, but she always wants to cook, and she wants to show like uh, what's a Puerto Rican um, uh, genes on on like authentic Puerto Rican cooking, and she wants to show her love. To this place. Well, she's got a lot of passion. And where are these going to take place? Are these going to be at the restaurant? When well, you're... It's, it's still trying to figure it out. But, yeah, it could be a possibility uh, to be at the restaurant, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so happy. You know, all the support for her. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope people like the Puerto Rican Oh, I'm food. sure it's going to be fun. And no one else is doing that, right? Well, so no one it's going to be a sweet experience. No we one know else is, Yeah, no one else yet is doing this. So um, just quickly... Of course, you and Vitaly are pretty close. Yeah. Uh, some of the other places that you're going in Portland that you're that you're digging now that you're here. Well, there's a. I mean, now that I get to, I get the chance to have two days off. Uh, sometimes uh, I spend the Mondays at home with Christina and just, uh, you know, get a little chill. Chill but, out a little bit. Uh, and then, but Sunday sometimes, you know, I like to go to have a little pasta. We we'll go to Grasso. You know, with Rick's uh, plays, um, you know, different other places. Um, what other places I go? I like, you know, I like Asian also. I like to go to a place called Duca B in Beaverton. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is this old guy just making noodles. I love that place. Uh, and yeah, I mean, different other places that I, that I like to visit. Um, uh, sometimes Higgins always, uh, it's a great place to go that I that I like to have a, well, that's you know, a nice a mention. Meal. You know, yeah. it's funny in this town, as we talked about this a little bit. In this town, it's the new that everybody talks about. Hagen's is fantastic. It's been there for a long time, much like Paley's, much like Park Kitchen that I mentioned before. Yeah. 
And I was talking to you about this. You know, you had you were new in 2013, 2014, yeah. Chef of the Year. Fan, congratulations, well, fantastic. You, appreciate it. But next year and this year, it's going to be somebody else, yeah, right? Because it's only the new. Absolutely. But you're still keeping up the energy I'm at the restaurant. I'm just keeping up the energy, so. and I will always be just, uh, just keep moving forward, keep doing new things, keep inspires uh, others to just to, with this emotion and passion. That it's, that's that's the only thing I know how to do. So I and I'm, I'm looking forward to this year a lot because we're going to have some fun. I've gotten to know you a little bit. You know, this is great sitting here, um, going to Barcelona, and then we're planning another trip Absol- after that. Absolutely. Um, going to be fantastic. That's and be um, I guess rather than talk about it here, that's enough mention. You well, go to the website, take a look. We're already half booked at this stage, so we're talking in January. Well, so we hope we're going to have a great time. It's going to be fun. It's it's. I'm so thankful for uh, for me having here for you having me here and the. Uh, oh it's, man, it's, it's, this is, I, so this is the start of the pretty much the start of the second year of this podcast. I've met some you know doing Portland food adventures since 2010. Just it's been great for me just personally to meet so many wonderful people in this town. Thank you. And this is uh, you embody that and uh, so it's really cool that we're taking it to another level. Well, uh, I'm so excited. You know, so. It's going to be a new experience for me also. I just uh, I take people from the place, from the place that I love. Uh, I don't know I finish my life here. Just take him to my my homeland took him to, and, and neither of us are real travel experts. Yeah, just travel. But experience. we we're gonna, you know, I've had you. You're, this is your homeland. Well, absolutely. And, I mean, this is what I'm. I established my roots now, and just uh, my kid is. It's from Portland. I'm j- just so happy with. It. And we're both about uh, giving people great experiences, and we're gonna do everything. We absolutely. Can do but everything at any rate, and do. you do that every day at Atala. Thanks. Except for Sunday and Monday. Yes. Um, and I hope you get your brunch back someday because that was literally that brunch. I I brought some of my dearest friends last year. Well, unbelievable. What so. I'm what I'm trying to do now is just some of the items that, that we're selling a lot, just putting on the menu, so I I don't disappoint the customers that I that they they really love to go to brunch. So I'm just trying to do my best with those things and just have a well mixed. So you're not really the social media person, Christina is, but it's Atala PDX. It's Atala A-T-A-U. PDX. A T A U. It took me a while to stop doing U A. Yeah, so it's basically some people uh, like uh, miss the A in the middle, but it's Atala. Um, so yeah, it's Atala PDX, um, and uh, and that's where you find you on on Twitter and Instagram and uh, easily online. Absolutely. The best thing to go is go to the restaurant. Right near St. Honoré on uh, 24th 20, Place. 23rd, 23rd uh, place, place and Thurman. And Thurman. Thanks so much, Jose. Thank you very much Appreciate for having it, me here. Thank you.